Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary for The Kingery, Season 8, Episode 8. Uh, this episode's called Never Be Satisfied. Uh, with me is the writer, Pete Milan. Hello there. And our assistant director, Bruce Busby. That would be me. Yes. And uh, we start off here in the police station. Uh, we've got, of course, Maddie, played by uh, Alicia. And a new cast member, Cal, uh, played by uh, Christopher Gilstrap. So welcome him to the Kingery. I don't think he's done another role in this before, so uh, good to have him aboard. Or need more cop toadies or whatever. <laughs> he sounds very New England. Mm. He does a bit, yes. Um, Cal was written, uh, I, I wrote him, I, well, I didn't write him as a him, I wrote him uh, specifically without a, uh, with a genderless uh, sort of name, and uh, so that anyone, anyone could play, uh, could play them. Yeah, and we got uh, auditions for both males and females, it's just Christopher's who en- we ended up with here. And um, now the episode title, you're notorious for using songs as your uh, episode title, so what's this from? Uh, that is from uh, Hamilton, which uh, just today got 16 Tony nominations. I was, I was an early adopter on uh, on Hamilton. Very nice. It's just a nice follow for the Pulitzer. <laughs> yes. And we're heading into uh, the warehouse, which will uh, eventually become the Gorlockology Center at the end of the episode, because we know how well yep. churches at the Kingery go. Um, <laughs> which is a bad a... experience with religion here. Yes. Which everyone brings up over the course of this uh, this script. Um, the thing about this script is the first time I wrote it, it was, I believe it was the shortest script I've ever uh, done for uh, for Pendant. It came in at about ten, at about ten pages. It's the first time Jeffrey has ever had to tell me, could you you know, flesh this out a little? Just write a little more in there. That'd be great. Thanks. But uh, we got Brian Reed as Zeph, and of course Pete as Tommy. And uh, Perry Whittle just came in as hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bruce directed this scene and the, the scene before it. Right. And, uh, I think I... The first one's very quick, so yeah. it, was, it was fairly straightforward. Yeah. It's going to set up the meeting later on. Spoilers if you haven't listened to the rest of the episode, but if you haven't listened to the rest of the episode, listen to it now, then come back to us. <laughs> You're doing it out of order. Who, who who's listening to the commentaries first? I, who are you? I don't know. You broken people who are listening to the commentary. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I know in iTunes sometimes the commentary comes up first in the list before the episode. So I can see. Well, it's the same people who are like hot and bothered about what is George R R Martin actually thinking? You know, it's just like who's going to die next? He, he doesn't even know what he's thinking anymore. And of course, we're revisiting here the the scene from last episode, uh, where Hooks accidentally sort of stepped on his own crank by uh, trying to approach Tommy <laughs> in the body from the SOL model, and that. <clears throat> oh, this is good. This. Is good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> a little callback to a previous episode where you know Zev had to carry Hooks out of the mistress's uh, dungeon and. Uh, Commented on the size of uh, of uh, Hooks's unit. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> now, this my two scripts for this season were very close together. I wrote I wrote episode six, and now I've written episode eight. Um, and what ha- what happened was I wrote uh, that bit in there with Hooks accidentally hitting on uh, Tommy in the Allison uh, life model uh, thing, and I wasn't going to reference it again. I just you know I just figured we'd never speak of it again. But I whoever I think. 
I think it was Renee, uh, referenced it in uh, episode seven. So I decided uh, to uh, put... Cat did episode seven. Oh, Cat. Cat did. Okay. Um, somebody somebody made a reference to it in, in their script, and uh, I decided to put this, uh, this bit in. And it works a treat. <laughs> The, the direction we gave to uh, to I, I gave to Perry in the script was uh, play this a hundred percent sincere, and the thing is, you you'll never know. Maybe Hooks means every word he's saying, or maybe he's just messing with Tommy as hard as he possibly can, and no one will ever know. <laughs> Poor, poor Tommy. He, his head has spun around about 20 times during that. He gave me this big speech about... But, 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 but... But he and I... You, how big is it? Okay. We also talked over uh, uh, the uh, the revelation that, uh, that Zeph was raised in the Jedi faith. Yes. I like that. Not the actual Jedi faith, but you know, the, the, in the sense that uh, fanboys have adopted that as yeah. as, a, as an actual religion. I figured at, at this point in uh, humanity's history, that's been elevated to a, a whole thing. There have been schisms. Yeah, of course there is. And now we uh, cross over to shenanigans. Um, where, uh, yeah. Blake I, I is, love the uh, tries to stifle a yawn. <laughs> you know, Socks is extremely bored as uh, young Master Blake here has uh, gone downtown for something to eat, as we say later in the uh, scene. <laughs> we've had a lot of scenes of um, penetration. I don't know how many times we've done this, so uh, a little different at least. And that's well, it's uh, like, the, like Miss Ellen out of uh, out of South Park. <laughs> In, in this in this future utopia, this is something that men will actually go and pay to do. Yes. The, the future of the Kingry is very nice in many ways. <laughs> uh, that's a fascinating place, the future. And that's uh, Anthony but, uh, Fleece as Blake, uh, making his uh, debut, and of course Renee Christine Jones as Socks. Sorry, you were saying? Oh, nothing, just commenting on the fact that, you know, Socks uh, is... Uh, gay and so this this does nothing for her whatsoever well at least she's getting a little more stimulation than she would if she was just you know getting up in there or somebody was <laughs> yeah, i mean it made it pretty clear with the you know, whole thing about the uh, don't mind the dudes if the dudes you know don't get too personal <laughs> That's pretty personal. This sounds pretty personal to me, but, you know, I, I don't know. That's just, you know, you know it's like It's like exercise at that point. Yes. The bottom line is, she don't like dick. <laughs> I like that line about the razors and the stubble. Yeah. And the chafing. Yeah. <laughs> Take it to heart. Take it to heart. And uh, coming up the hallway here, we have Silent Joe as Lily and... Uh, Edward Herman as Asa. And uh, now this is awkward as you're uh, realizing that the man you're with is the, the boss's husband, even if it's just a name only. <laughs> it, it's, it's a, you know, a difficult working relationship. But they seem, they seem to work it out. Yeah. We were a regular, not many 
it's a very complicated but satisfying relationship for all involved. It's the future utopia of the Kingery. Yes, you may get killed in any number of different ways, but, you know, the, the socially, everything is great. So, uh, looking a little bit ahead here, I will tell you that there is a piece of directorial that you put in your script. The phrase, grumbles wetly. <laughs> That's about to pop up for you folks. Okay, so, yes. Lock, there you go. And we talked over uh, the, the one of the best lines in the episode, I think, Sorry. where with the uh, no, that's okay, with the oh my god, I can't believe I just said that about the open slot. Because <laughs> we all catch ourselves doing that sort of thing and realizing, oh god, that went horribly, horribly wrong, and yet horribly right. And I really do love just the uh, the relationship Asa and Sox have, and Renee and Edward play off each other really well. Do this. Um, I know they've talked on Skype a couple times, especially when they swap bodies. But um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 love in every sense, but the physical right. between these two. And, and strangely, I listen to Asa, and and for some reason, like visions of Dixie come right back to me. <laughs> I was working on that thing, so. Bingo! Oh, <laughs> because they're dorks. Come pick Lily, huh? You don't mind, do you? No, man, not at all. And that's nice when you have a wife that can give you tips on the whore you're about to go with, too. That's uh, very handy. Yeah. Sex worker. They like to be not terribly sex. likely, but very handy. <laughs> it's a modern world. We we do things differently now. Modern futuristic yes. world. And beautiful piano piece you chose there. Yeah, thank you. I don't know what it was called. It was a Kevin McLeod piece, so it's a fun one. Now to the uh, squishy bachelor pad of Kalok. <laughs> Kalok's oozing bachelor pad. Yes. yes. Grumbles wetly. I just he grumbles know. wetly because he does everything wetly. <laughs> yes. And he grumbles. <laughs> He's moist at all times. Mm, that's that word. Um. And it's the Cephalod version of jazz. We actually used it first episode of last season, and I liked it so much. It was just perfectly alien sounding, so I just had to bring it back for another another round. I don't do this, And uh, it almost, I almost had her had the sound of the door opening very fiercely, like she was trying to kick it in at the same time. But I was like, mm. <laughs> she still has a little respect for Kalok, though. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, this, this is like the first uh, sort of relationship uh, Major has ever had on the show where, you know, he, she's on, she's on equal footing with, uh, with the person, uh, you know, she's, she's in it with. And, cause, you know, most of her scenes have been with Tommy and, and that's, you know, that's more, you know, you know, she's usually bossing him around until, you know, he, until he really bosses her around. Right. And uh, this is a more, you know, you know, she's finally with someone who gives as good as uh, good as he gets. And, and and now, you know, the, the poor guy. I mean, th this poor paramecium unit has had his head spin around about, if that's possible, I don't know how many times now. <laughs> it's very wobbly, like Jello. How very Bill Cosby. <laughs> 
But yeah, we, we and, and we get the nice twist here um, at turn in the scene here when they realize they're not angry at each other. They just totally, completely misunderstood everybody. They both manage it very well. Well, Kalok did sort of, you know, flounce off in a huff. Okay, flounce is not the term that comes to mind with ooze, but yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> Splorp. He splorped off. <laughs> and uh, major in the awkward position of apologizing. That's very rare and very special. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, the last time this happened, it wasn't so much as an apology as you know her beating the crap out of uh, Maddie in the uh, the crashed sewers. Right. <laughs> That's a lovely turn of phrase, oh writer. Yeah. Surrender the pink. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I, I I swiped that from Carrie Fisher. That was the title of one of her uh, one of her books. That there is a place in the uh, Hard Rock in Vegas called the Pink Taco Bar. <laughs> Good grief! I kid you not. Oh oh oh! I see. Along that road, we have several restaurants around here called Fuzzy Tacos. I, I live in New England. We don't allow that kind of crap around here. Yeah. Well, they're very good, at least. I recommend the fish tacos. Okay. Of course you do. <laughs> right down the rat hole this is going. <laughs> yes. Hey, look, an episode's happening. We're missing it. <clears throat> but, I mean, this is all part of the, the setup, the joke, the, you know, how this becomes functionally intimate. Yes. Even though Kaylock especially has no idea what to do in this situation with a non-squishy woman person. He has no idea what to do. And there's about three different sounds there in, in the kiss. There's a jello sound and an eye squishing sound. I forget what the other one was. But uh, yeah, kissing kissing Kaylock, that's going to be an interesting sound. So I look forward to other things they'll be doing in the future. Captain Gray. And now we have uh, Maddie and Tommy um, sort of circling around each other again. Yeah, and uh, they, they kind of had to eventually run into each other, and it's awkward, as you'd expect. Okay. Well, th- th- this was sort of like a, a series of, of episodes where there was a lot of circling the drain mm-hmm. and, and a number of good saves, so... That's what writers are paid to do. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is the two of them having, you know, sort of their, you know, their first grown-up conversation in a in a long time. Right. Because they they've been flirty for years when they weren't trying to kill each other. So now they're in an actual relationship, and uh, this is awkward for them. Uh, grown up, and Tommy's not drunk, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. No, they, that helps too. That's why Zeph told him not to drink before he went. Really? If by meat you mean keep an eye on, yeah. <laughs> Not related to any other ology in the world. We promise. No DC8s involved. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. And if you don't know what that reference is, go back and listen to... Well, listen to all of it from the beginning and you'll, you'll figure it out. Seven years of, of, of backed up uh, archives. Yes. They're all there on pendantaudio.com. 
Yeah, that just seems too daunting. You know, go to Audible or Apple or uh, iTunes and, and buy uh, Archer and Armstrong, which is available now uh, wherever uh, audiobooks are sold. Also, Phantom Canyon. Go ahead and buy that, too. Nicely plugged. plugged. Thumbs up. I am a whore. I am a consumer whore. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I approve of both of those pimpings. Sex worker. Sorry. And and here we go into it. The, the reveal. <laughs> And if you listen very closely, you can hear Tommy crapping his pants. (laughs) 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 And as Tommy and Maddie are running through the crowd, you can barely hear in the background them apologizing, telling somebody they have a nice robe. Sorry about your foot. Um, (laughs) Coming through hot stuff. Lady with a baby. Let's go. Ah, uh, yes, Kristen Days, coming home to roost at the kitchen. It's Cassandra. <sighs> but she's changed now. She's or has she? Or is she? Tune in well. Find out. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's a lovely just word. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's normally where the Jesus fuck would go, and I decided... This it's gone too far. It's gone past that. It, it's gone past profanity and come back around the other side. That's yes. how messed up this is. And, and it's perfect for that scene because all the profanities in the universe he has at his disposal, and all he can come up with is gosh, <laughs> straight out of Utah. Well, yeah. There you go. Sometimes the best profanity is when you don't swear. So. And for him, that's yeah. And the yeah. departure is notable, so that's a good thing. Well played. Yes. So that's our episode. Um, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Dave. We will be Much back. welcome, guys. We'll be back in 30 days-ish with episode 9. Cat uh, will be back with us for that. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to leave us a, retu- a review on iTunes. Um, that, that always helps us out. And let us know by uh, PendantAudio.com, Twitter, at PendantWeb. We're on Facebook, Pendant Audio. We're everywhere, folks. You can't escape us. We're taking over. <laughs> Our special job. Yes. So until next time, folks. Uh, Pete, Bruce, anything else you want to say? Happy trails. That's it. Ying Tong at a lipo. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Oh, you also mean a sigh. There you go. All right. See ya. Ciao.